Hey, you guys, if you like the Rise or Rise Together podcast, you're going to love my monthly live coaching series. What did you just say? I'm doing a coaching series. I'm, I'm like your favorite coach, but with hair extensions and eyelash extensions and a pension for Beyonce. What kind of coaching are you coaching? Okay, thank you for asking. There's actually two different classes. One is life coaching. Those are for people who want to work on their relationship, their health, all the personal stuff. And then there's something I'm really excited about, business coaching. I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. I'm really proud of the company that I've built and I want to share that wisdom with you. So if you own a small business and you want to dig into how to do social media, how to find new clients, how to grow your revenue base, this is how we're going to do it. I bet they can get more info at thehollisco.com. You sure are right, buddy. You can watch videos about what the coaching series is all about, how you join in, and what is included with your membership. When does the first coaching start? January 15th. Sounds like a plan. Hi, guys. I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 14 years. And together for 16. We have kids. Four kids. Which is like a thousand kids. We've also been foster parents to four kids as well. We're running a business together. We do a lot of things. That is a lot of things. (laughs) But we feel like it's possible, we know it's possible, to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. It's called Rise Together. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things. This is it. Come on down. Here we go. and running honey cross your arms again so i can take a picture of you because you look buff Woo! look at that guy he looks like he's gonna (laughs) cause some trouble oh my word i'm here for this picture hold on i'm trying to take a podcast recording with this would you call a working out person a meathead is that what they say about guys who are buff a meathead or a meathead's like dumb. A meathead's a bad, it's like a, it's got a negative. What's a word that you call like a super buff guy at the gym? Um, Podcast recording with this Adonis. Come on. With this. No, the gladiator. No, like how would you say like you look like beefcake stuff? Oh, beefcake. I'll take that. Okay. With this beefcake, exclamation point, hashtag. Hashtag rise, rise together podcast. In case anyone's wondering what in the world is happening, we are Instagramming, doing a little Insta story, because um, that felt like the right choice for our lives. Hey, we've got a fun topic today. Honey. Are you talking to me or are you doing a story? I don't know what's happening. I'm 100% talking to you trying to start our podcast. Oh. We have got a new topic today for sure no one's even going to hear what you're saying because your mouth is real far from your did we actually start this podcast yeah i figured it would be that thing where we're like just you know chewing the fat or whatever and then we just jump right in well welcome we were originally going to do another topic and then i was like oh you know this goes in january the new year is such an important time in figuring out your life and figuring out your relationship and I was like, hey, let's come up with a new idea. So we're sitting down in our office trying to come up with an idea for this podcast that we felt like would be really helpful. And 
I know this is embarrassing to admit to you guys, but we do not have a list of what podcasts we've already done. I know that's embarrassing. I mean, we kind of have one. You can just go onto like the interwebs. Well, and that's then look. what I did. But what would be awesome is like an Excel spreadsheet that said all the topics we've covered, so we don't repeat. Ah. But we did not have that, so I did. I went to iTunes and I went to the podcast and I started scrolling episodes. And as I was scrolling down, I, I never do that. I don't listen to our podcasts. That would make me a weirdo. Uh, you but, don't listen to our podcasts. No, I listen to every single one really? that we for sure. I, I like, just feel like a weirdo listening. No, before to it comes out, I listen to it one hundred percent every single time. Well, you know, I don't like rewatching. Like, I don't like watching myself on stage. I don't. You know why? Because I'm too hard on myself. Ah. And so when I hear it back, or when I, I'm like, oh, you should have done that better. And most of the time, I know in my head what I should have done better. So I, I don't need a reason to be hard on myself. I see. But I was scrolling through, and then I happened to see, I like, if you scroll, if you're checking out um, someone's shows, if you scroll down, like, four or five, what pops up is reviews, which I never would care about, except that the, the only review I could see was one star. What? And it was a novel length. A one star review of the podcast that we are currently recording? You are correct, sir. Wow. And whatever, I guess it's not everyone's cup of tea, and that's fine. Should we give them a full refund on this free podcast? Do you want me to, Can I? should I read to you what it said? No. No, I feel like that would be funny. What? You I want to say, start I, this podcast with someone's critical opinion of this Doesn't this seem this like a good podcast. idea? Yes, this seems like a good, well, hold on, I don't know how to get here without. Oh my goodness. Hold on, no, no, this is going to be good. The wheels have come off the Rise The wheels podcast. were never on. Oh, hold on, Are library. You making, you're making sounds over there. No, I'm not making sounds. I'm trying to see our, po okay, here we go. Here we go, you guys. This is what I found. <laughs> <laughs> The header is shallow. Oh. Here we go. Thank you. If you're looking for intelligence, actionable advice backed by professionals, or anything beyond a shallow conversation between two rich white people, don't listen to this. If you're looking for something rooted in Christianity, don't listen to this. If you're looking for Pinterest-level quotes that you can pin on your wall, search Pinterest and save yourself some time by not listening to this. Rachel doesn't have a single original idea to offer, <laughs> and all of her catchy one-liners can be found in a million other self-help books, or better yet, at the discount bin at your local bookstore. Dave is the most valuable part of this podcast. I'm sorry I wrote this review. But she interrupts him every chance she can get. Which makes me think that any real communication or active listening skills in their own relationship don't exist. It's communication 101 to know that you're supposed to let your partner finish. What? I applaud them for putting themselves out here and opening up their relationship to everyone. The problem is you have to be able to effectively speak to the topics at hand and they are terrible at it. <laughs> If they've been to a bunch of therapy, it would be great to have this show with a licensed therapist to help them dig deeper rather than rely on clickbait headlines alone and repeatedly disappointing listeners. Happy. 
Happy Monday, Pam! I mean, number one, I do apologize for writing the part about how I'm the best part of this show. I mean... Also, I almost had a t-shirt made with that entire review (laughs) on it, because that's music to my ears. Yes. Um... But you just violated one of like your cardinal rules. Is it a cardinal rule or a cardinal sin? It it's either way. Something. You I don't. You tell me I don't. always to not read reviews. No, I absolutely don't. I really was not going there for that purpose. It just caught my eye and when I first saw it, I was interested more in a like I really do want constru- constructive feedback from people. Yeah. So, um I do tend to interrupt you, but that's only because we interrupt each other all the time. That's how we talk in real life. For sure. And we did not go to professional podcasting school. Where is that, by the way? I'm not sure. It's (laughs) probably next door to wherever Pam lives. Uh, But we are just a real-life married couple that turned on microphones and tried to do something. So um, there's nothing professional about it. You know what's funny? I was listening to Impact Theory uh, when I was driving back from having dropped the kids off at school this morning. And they do something – Tom does something similar. He had his wife on uh, this morning's episode um, where they read a review, but it's a positive review. Uh, to like acknowledge someone in the community who went all the way yeah, through the trouble. Yeah, a lot of those people do it. Is our new thing going to be reading bad reviews, <laughs> reviews at the beginning of our episodes? I mean, no, because we don't need to encourage anybody. But what? So, so that's why I read it was because I thought it was going to be consum- something constructive. Because honestly, I've never seen a review of a podcast, and so it didn't occur to me that people even took that much time to write in that much detail about something that we do for free. What's crazy is I I like I wish I could get back to that time in my life where I had enough time to write something that long uh, like right because I just had the time to do it. But also who who is that angry that they attack strangers on the internet? So are we talking about people judging people? Is yes. that what this episode yeah. is about? Yeah. So so anyway, so I had read this. I had read this, and um, it like made my heart sink because honestly, and if you scroll through, there's quite a few reviews, one star reviews that talk about how shallow or how, how this is not substantive, which, you know, we're welcome, trying to welcome give. To- <laughs> Trying to give to the, our life. the best tools Welcome possible to here, life. but hey, guess what? Uh, Some people no. oh my aren't going to be happy. Yeah, but I did think that that would be really valuable is to talk about, you know, the the top, like other people's opinions and how that looks in relationship, because that's been one of the most popular quotes from Girl Wash Your Face. It's something that people have talked about a lot. It's something I know that. Um, our community struggles with or human beings struggle with caring about what other people think. For some people, you just care a little bit. Other people, it's crippling. They get anxiety because of it or they live their lives in certain ways because of other people's opinion. And that definitely manifests in relationship. How do people judge your boyfriend? How do people judge your marriage? How do people judge you as a parent, um, and and how do you navigate around it? So we thought that was very timely, and thank you to that reviewer. Yeah, you prompted what hopefully will be a good conversation that is not as shallow as most of our episodes have tended to be. Uh, when I, <laughs> when I uh, think about this topic... Or, or any topic that's about, like, you know, why we give weight to things that are just not good for us. I, I want to try and, like, 
understand what it is about the human condition that makes you crave other people's opinions being positive of you, right? Because like, I, yeah, don't like the idea of having anyone say anything bad about either of us ever. I don't like the idea of potentially letting down uh, someone who I care about, who had hoped I might show up like them or like the way that they expect, you know, people to show up in the world. And by having not done that, disappoint them. But it's taken a long time to finally get to the place where I realize that it's not a bad thing that I might live my life a way that doesn't actually make sense or fit nicely into the box that somebody else has defined. Um, but what is it? Like, what, what would you say is the reason? Why do we as humans crave the positive, crave like conforming to what other people might say is the right way to be as a mom or as a, as a spouse? I don't know the actual scientific rationale, but if I had to guess, I'm going to suppose that it has something to do like down at its core to like um, if we were wolves, like pack culture, like that there would be certain ways that you are required to act or interact with each other on like an animal fundamental level. This is what we do. This is how we do it. And if you don't do it, the alpha wolf is going to get you or you're going to get kicked out of the pack um, on a more just us as as little humans. We are raised, most of us, to care deeply about the opinion of our parents. And that's how you survive, right? Like mom and dad want you to act a certain way and most of us will just go along with it because that's what you do culturally. Well, there's nothing to say that all of a sudden you turn 18 and suddenly you don't care about the shackles that have held you in place for the last 18 years. That's still very much a part of you. Yeah. You know, you you grew up thinking, well, I got to make sure that I get good grades for mom and dad. I got to make sure that, um, you know, I make grandma proud. I've got to make sure that I look a certain way and act a certain way because this is what is accepted. And if I am accepted, then I will be loved. Yeah. I, I think that's what it comes back to over and over and over. It's this yearning for and craving for love and that. If you can behave in a way that meets the expectation of this person whose love you crave, that you will get that love. And that, to me, is where the logic breaks down because, and I've, again, like I've only in the last handful of years fully tested living a life that was a departure from what society or my parents or just, you know, like kind of people at large thought was the way to be or the, the way as a man to be or the way as a dad to be, the way as a husband to be. And in having taken those steps away from what made sense to them, I still had their love. And so like some of it was just like this belief that they were connected, that if you walked in a, you know, down a different path, that all of a sudden love wouldn't be there. And so you were always afraid to test it. And then you do, you find out, of course, that love is still there. And you realize, oh man, I've spent all this time worrying about something that didn't even really truly exist. So let's dig into all the different ways that people tend to be judged or who they're judged by or, or basically how this will manifest in the lives of our listeners. Mm. So hopefully there's something that we talk about that you can identify with and that we can give you some tools to navigate around. I think, you know, when you come into a relationship, you bring a history with you 
and a set of relationships with you that dictates how you as one partner in the relationship is meant to show up for your partner. And your partner probably has had a different set of life experiences. And so when you find yourself in that new relationship or like for us, we went from dating to being married, like navigating how to be married was something that had me rowing against a current that was the opinions of people who raised me, having fed me how I as the man in the relationship was supposed to be your husband. But, and how I was supposed to be your wife. And how you were supposed to be my wife. And what's interesting is I was, you know, taking the model of my parents and using it as the model for how we needed to be. But you are not my mom. You are you are you don't have the same set of needs. You don't have the same motivation or drive. You don't have you don't have a, a whole a whole host of things. And so assuming that what I was raised watching was going to be the thing that I needed to be was in part just, hey, I, I, that was the model I had, so I'm reflecting what I watched, but also deviating from the way that I was raised came with the possibility of being judged for that deviation. Yeah, totally. That it's not just that you think it needs to be a certain way. Now you have anxiety if you act outside of what you perceive everybody else thinks you should do. And in some cases, it's true. In some cases, you're you're flat out listeners. Y'all are flat out judged by people because it's different than how they would do it. But in most cases, you assume that they're judging you and they're not even thinking about you. Yeah. That That's the hard thing about other people's opinions is that I talk about this in Girl Stop Apologizing, that there are two kinds of opinions from other people. One is an opinion that is, you know it's true, meaning someone has come up to you straight up to your face like a Drake song, and they have told you straight up why they don't like you or what you're doing wrong. Like they have verbally said to you, you are this, that, and the other thing. In which case, that person is a jerk. That is true. And we don't care about the opinions of jerks. We don't. Even because, if even if you're related to them, you yeah. have to sit at a Thanksgiving dinner table nope. with them. That is not how you talk to someone constructively. That is not how you are helpful to someone. If you are really concerned about someone's life, there's a way to come around them and be in community with them and relationship with them and discuss the things that you're dis- that you're concerned about and it's not by attacking them verbally and it's not by you know it's it's the same thing as the person writing the very long angry review of the podcast i've had people so many people over the years send me emails or comment things on social um i remember i always remember an example i used years ago i did a video where i was like taking the kids to school and i I was like, oh, my gosh, I look like a mess. Like, I look like a homeless person. And I got quite a few people who sent me comments or, or sent me emails in the most loving way and said, "Do you have you ever thought about how deeply hurtful yeah. it would be for you to say that about yourself when there are people who are truly homeless right now? Like, to, for you from a place of privilege – to kind of make fun of that as a look, like how hurtful that is. 
And my gut reaction, because I'm such a people pleaser and I hate the idea of getting in trouble or I hate the idea of someone being mad, my gut reaction was like anger. Like, how dare you? You take things too seriously. These people on the internet, blah, blah, blah. But because the different people had sent me the note, I just always remember that as my example, had really done it from a place of love. They weren't rude. You could hear it. They were in community with me and they were like, hey, I don't know you in real life, but I admire you online and I just don't think this is what you'd want. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I sent them all back and I was like, you are so right. That is so inappropriate. And thank you for pointing it out to me because I've never thought I've never thought that before. And I, I have never used the word since. Yeah. I have this happen over and over with different friends that we have who are um, different ethnicities, who are gay, who are differently abled, who have children who have special needs, that they're constantly, because we're in community, they're constantly with love saying, Oh, hey guys, you know, don't you? We shouldn't use that word. Or that. Have you ever thought about how that might be perceived to someone? Or have you ever thought about these different? Like, there is a way to positively change someone's life. But my guess is that if you have had that person in your life who has aggressively told you something that they didn't like, that's not about love. No. That's about controlling you. Yeah. That's about anger. That's about them, frankly. It's not about you. One of the things that was uh, a helpful aha that I wish I'd had earlier in my life was that so many of the times when I felt like I was being judged and questioned if I ought to not be myself for wanting to try and be more like the person that they were hoping, they, the collective they were hoping I would be, In my mind, I was making their love of me conditional on my showing up for them the way that they needed, even if it came at the expense of me showing up as I am or who I am at my core. And when you really stop to like unpack that and think about it, you realize that if you want to give up your power, if you want to give up who you are so that you can be loved by a person who would only love you if you only show up for them in exactly these ways, it becomes really twisted and dark that you'd convince yourself that that's who you should be in the world to try and get love from someone who wouldn't love you if you just showed up the way that you actually are. Yes, and what's so crazy, as you were describing this, I was just thinking, what it makes me think of is when we were first married and I really struggled in the first several years in my relationship with your mom. And a big part of why there was a struggle there, and I know many listeners will have similar relationship with their in-laws, but why there was a struggle there was we are very different women, very different women. And I felt like I needed to show up a certain way in order to win her love. And the way that I was trying to show up was not, true to who I am at all and I kept doing it so not only do I have anxiety because I'm not being myself but now I have um now I'm bitter yeah I'm and it just made me more and more bitter about my relationship with her and then it made me bitter about my relationship with you yeah because because you were doing it like mostly for my benefit yes totally so the honestly the real 
like beautiful gift I because I think to be helpful because I think that I know that there are people right now who would who are in similar situations two things fundamentally changed my relationship with your mom one is we had our first son and your mom is one of the best grandmas I've ever seen in my whole life truly and I was able to see her in a way I had never seen her before because I had had, like, to me, our relationship felt so hard. But, oh, my gosh, she loves our babies so – she loves all her babies so yeah. well. Oh, my gosh, she loves them. And she's a she's a pediatric nurse, so I'm sure it's not just our kids that she loves well. I'm sure it's, like, hundreds and all hundreds of, of families that she loves. Um, but it fundamentally changed the way – like, when you see another side of someone that you didn't realize was there that was hugely helpful – and then the other, the biggest thing was I had this realization, none of this is about her. This is all about me. This is all about my perception of this relationship. This is all about my, um, the way that I'm approaching it. Like I, I'm yeah. doing the wrong things for the wrong reasons. And I just made a decision. I've talked about this a lot, but I am going to be so filled with love for everyone that I won't ever seek love in negative ways again. And there's no more negative way to interact with a family member than to try and get their love by pretending to be someone that you're not. Yeah, by the way, like you, me, like every everyone who comes out of a family dynamic that had them having to be a certain way to get a certain response has them falling back into some of what that meant when you're, you were younger to get them to pay attention to you when you become an adult. Mm -hmm. And the, the fear, even if it's like on an unconscious level, is if you don't play that role that you won't be seen. And there does become resentment and bitterness for having to feel like you've got to you know put yourself into... Um, some of those roles from your youth or your childhood or whatever it might be. But um, there's something interesting too about in the, there's a big difference between someone dislikes some, someone disliking something that you do and someone disliking who you are. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's why. That's a big idea. Right? Very big idea. Well, because that's why th those comments in life on the internet, because I know there are people listening who have businesses that they've built online who get the comments like that comment, that's not attacking the thing. That's attacking us. To call someone shallow <laughs> that you've never met in, your, in real life, you're attacking us. You're not saying, I don't like the shoes that you made. You're saying, I don't like who you are at your core. Or casting judgment on who someone is without even knowing them. That's an interesting thing, too, is there's – it feels one way when someone doesn't like something that you did, like how you parented, let's say. It feels like something else entirely when someone's like, you talk funny or you don't talk enough or you, uh, you're you too loud or you're uh, – you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, the thing is, like – there's so many reasons why people choose to voice their judgment of others. 
most of it tends to, at least from my experience, be rooted in insecurity or fear that like they're seeing someone do something that's a departure from their comfort zone. And rather than be open to the possibility that it might be helping people, it's attack it so that I can, you know, get some, you know, some feeling of, of significance for having an opinion, but not having to confront the possibility that this different thing could actually be good. Um, but really what you have to do is decide like, does this person have anything good in what they're saying that could be used for me becoming better for having heard their criticism? Did they deliver it in a way that I could actually hear it? Was their intention to actually make me feel um, better or learn from the words they were using? And if the answer is no to those questions, mm -hmm. then you just let it roll off your back. Yeah. It just doesn't even matter. Yeah, something delivered to you in a hateful way. I don't care if it, it, within the hateful tirade there were two nuggets that actually it, 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 you don't, it doesn't even get a second of time because it's coming from wanting you to change or wanting you to, wanting to help someone make better choices in their life should come from a place of love. Yeah. So if it comes from a place of something negative, it comes from fear or hate or resentment or insecurity, it's just wrapped in a package that, I don't know, to me, it just doesn't serve you. If it's not delivered in the right way, I don't know why you would consider it. One thing that's been interesting as uh, you become a more grown-up human being, a little more mature, a little more perspective on life, the people who in positions of authority, people who are your parents, people who are your bosses, people who you gave, um, gave power to their opinion, you know, having an impact on you, sometimes in a negative way. When you have the benefit of perspective or more life lived or a combination of all those things, you actually can see that just because they had an opinion didn't mean it was more right or more grounded in like fact than anything that you've come to believe as an individual who's also had life experience. And so, you know, like, are there people who are deserving of the weight that I give their opinion? 100%. They've accomplished a lot of things or they've written or read or gone to school or had a life experience. But, you know, like, I think I'd given this, like, perception of infallibility to a few people whose opinion mattered to me but bothered me that when I really, like upon closer inspection, they were super fallible. So like, <laughs> why did it matter? Why did it matter what they said? You know, like they're entitled to their opinion, but just because they have one doesn't make it something that I have to listen to, implement, or even be affected by. Yeah, I love that that old quote or saying that something like, you should never take the opinion of someone who's not excelling in that area of life. Yeah. So if someone wants to comment on your marriage, but they don't have a thriving, exceptional marriage, then they don't. There's zero weight to that. Yeah. If someone wants to comment on your how you're growing your business, and they have no experience in that field, no, great. They want to talk about your health, but they're unhealthy. You want to talk about like just. You want to talk any about your podcast, and you don't have a podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to let that go. Honey. No, no, it's my exa- it's just like I feel like it's an easy joke. So funny. It's an easy joke for today to go back to. No, it's not um I you know what I guess this is an interesting thing to dig into. I guess the reason that people like negative comments or when people other people's opinions whether it's in real life or or like strangers on the internet. I guess it throws me off so much and maybe listeners maybe you can feel the same. It throws me off because I would never do that. Never in my whole life. This is me. Someone brings food to my table at a restaurant and it's cold, colder than a freezer, but it was supposed to be piping hot. And they come by and they're like, how's the food? I'm like, it's delicious. Thank you. <laughs> oh, boy, is this soup perfect. You don't want to hurt Sean, the waiter's feelings. I don't. No. I wouldn't. But beyond that, like, I won't even return the food at the restaurant. But then the idea that you would attack someone who's trying to create, that you would attack someone's creation, or that you would attack someone's relationship yeah. These things are nebulous enough. They're hard enough. It would never occur to me to do any. It's like if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, I especially like going back to the if you're not dot, dot, dot. Like if your single friends have a problem with a relationship that you're happy with, it is not about your relationship, it is about their singleness yeah. that is the catalyst for their commentary. No, I just do want to, I really want to highlight what Dave said. Go back in your mind and highlight the part of this paragraph that was that you're happy with. Oh, yeah, because that I you're do happy wanna, with. Yeah, so oh, yeah. If, you ever, if your friends are calling into question your relationship because you're on again, off again, because your partner's not treating you right, because, that's not what he's saying. Different. If, but if you have people that are complaining because we never see you anymore because you guys don't want to go out or because you're saving money because you're trying to pay off your debt together because you're trying to save for a home or because, you know, or, or you're not going to be able to go to both in, you know, his house, his parents' house and your parents' house this year. You're not going to be able to go to both things like that kind of weight from other people. You, you have to let that go. Yeah. The... The idea that someone who isn't raising your kids could have an opinion on how you raise your kids is always the one that boggles my mind. Preach. It's like, um, I, I, I say this all the time, and I believe it to be 100% true. Number one, our kids will only ever know the experience of being raised in our home as the normal way that they were raised. It may be different than the way that you raise your kids. In fact, I can almost guarantee that it is because we have a little bit of a different life with people who both work and travel that sometimes pulls us into different places. But it it's normal for them. It's their normal. That's one. And two, Rachel and I were both raised in unbelievably different environments growing up. And Rachel and I both have stuff that we've had to work through in our life. And so whether you are raised in the most stable of environments, if you've got parents who stay married or divorced, if you have a mom that stays home or that they both work, I, I am here to tell you, your kids are going to have stuff that they have to work through when they transition from being kids to adults that is just a part of what life looks like. And other people like having an opinion about how you parent 
isn't like, even if you were to follow every single piece of advice that somebody else might have who has no idea what your you know home life might look like, it's not going to save your kids from having to still work through some of the stuff that kids just inevitably have to go through when they transition from being kids to, to adults. I'd love to encourage you too on that note, if you do have kids, pay attention to the kids themselves because everybody has an opinion on how we parent, both people we know and strangers on the internet. And I go back to my actual children. Because I might start to have anxiety or maybe you're white or we should have done this or we should have done that. And then I'm like, let's look at look at the evidence. These are four really good kids. We all have our days. Oh, man, do we ever have our days? I mean, Noah's a monster right Noah's now. Noah's a monster. But, but she's cute as can be. Monster. But they're good kids. They yeah. have good hearts. Yeah. And everyone can think whatever they want and judge us by whatever. But Nobody should judge anyone's parenting, but if you had to, it should be judged by the product, yeah. right? It should be judged by the thing, the kid that you're raising to be a good human adult. I was, uh, I don't go into DMs very often anymore, but I got a DM the other day. We had gone to HEB, Sawyer, Noah, and myself. I had Sawyer run and grab some taco shells or something, like whatever it was. We were having tacos that night. And this woman said, you know, I turned the corner too fast. I bumped into this kid. He was the most polite, like said he was sorry, like on and on and on. And I thought to myself, what an amazingly behaved kid. And he walked over to you and Noah who were standing there. And obviously it was, it was one of your sons. I was like, it's like a secret shopper kind of thing. Yeah. Where like I had a secret shopper see that my 10-year-old with a mohawk yes. is rad. Oh, and I was like, buddy. man, warm my heart. Thank he you. He has such a good Thank heart. Thank you very, very much. This is not on this topic at all, but I saw a quote or a meme the other day that I loved. And I'm going to misquote it, and I don't know where it's from, so my apologies. But it was something like, like, speak to your children as if they are the smartest, wisest, kindest, most magical, most responsible. Like speak to them as if they are these incredible things because we become our, like they will become your expectations of them. Oh, that's good. So if you are thinking, you know, if you, and we, we have, we have a child who's, tougher than the other kids and it's hard to not um it's hard to not like fall like comment on past behavior instead of like presently what's happening and so I have to remind myself all that I tell him all the time like oh my gosh I love your heart I love how kind you are I love how you stick up for the underdog he has he has trouble controlling his temper. Um, he gets real frustrated with us. Uh, not his temper with other people, but his temper with us. And um, so I just always have to remember to speak that into him. Like, oh, I mean that that's that's the opposite of being you know saying a mean comment to someone. Is what if instead of people leaving angry comments, or what if instead of um, you know your cousin saying something to you that's passive aggressive. What if we all went into 2019 and our mission year was just our mission this year was just to speak truth into people, like to notice the good things about them instead of picking apart the stuff that you don't like? That's good. The I mean, the most liberating thing that is possible in the midst of 
being judged or criticized is the appreciation that if you are creating something like a podcast, if you're creating something in a relationship, if you've created humans and you're caring for them and other people don't like your creation, that means that creation wasn't for them. It's not for them. It's just that simple. Um, and it's hard because sometimes you want the creation, your creation, whatever it is, to be for everyone. And uh, I'll let you off the hook, you know, nothing. There is no single creation that is for everyone. The Rock. The Rock may be I mean, for who everyone. who doesn't love The Rock? He is, he is handsome, muscular, and makes fun of Kevin Hart on the regular. So that maybe makes him the exception to that rule. But... Um, Who's, who, whose line was the peach pie line? Oh, Dida Von Teese. Dida Von Teese. Yes. It's a great line. Like, you could make the greatest peach pie in the history of time. It could win every award, be featured on the cover of Peach Pie Magazine monthly, and there will still be people who don't like it because they don't like peaches, right? You said the quote wrong, and I feel like if I correct you, but since we're saying her name, it's very close. It's Do it. you could be the juiciest, ripest peach on the tree. And there are some people who just don't like peaches. Oh, I, it had very, nothing to do with pie? Nothing to do with pie. Why have I tried to put pie? Said it I've so said it so times, many times. And since we're quoting her name, I just I don't want oh, people man. to send you angry DMs. I have tried to use that story <laughs> so many times, and I just keep putting the yeah. peaches into pie. You there, know why? Yeah. You like a cobbler. You will. I will. I. <laughs> I would. I dare you to find a picture oh. of me holding a peach or smiling after I've been into one. But you give me a piece of peach you, cobbler you or love, peach pie. A little vanilla ice cream. I'll on be the top. happy. Little boy <laughs> in town. Oh my gosh! In town. Well, here's the other thing that happens for any of you who are who are building a business, who are building a brand, who are working on a dream or a goal that you have for your life. The second that you start to take in and consider someone's negative opinion of the thing that you're trying to build, you rob yourself of all motivation. Mm. You rob yourself of energy and enthusiasm. And more than that, you will not be able to do the work you were put on this earth to do. If you care about the opinions of other people, you're never going to be the person that you're supposed to be. Because if we cared about what people thought of us, if we cared that there was a segment of the population who freaking hates us, hates all the capital letters, because... Believe me, you can go find them in reviews. We wouldn't do anything. We wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, the the um, It's so hard, too, because I think the gut instinct, when you hear things or see things or perceive that other people think something about you, is uh, maybe not you, may, maybe not for you, but my gut instinct is I think, oh, I want to, like, explain myself. I want to explain. Sure. To, you know, like, oh, I want I want you to understand. I want you to know you know, the when just the thing that I had seen and then a few other ones that were low reviews because then I was like, what is, as a lot of people were saying, I'm shallow or what was the other one they were saying I was? Um, I not, don't, not overly confident. What's the word? Like not cocky. Conceited? Conceited, that I'm shallow and I'm conceited. And I almost had that put on a t-shirt. I know, please add that. We'll sell it at this year's Rise pop-up shop. And... My gut is like, oh my gosh, well, I need to explain it and da 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 da. And then I have to stop myself and I have to go, 
wait a minute. Are, are you shallow? No. Nobody who actually knows me in real life would ever. I've got negative behaviors for sure. And I'm sure Dave could list out. I wish you 15. were shallow every once in a while. No, Good that Lord. is one thing that I'm. No. OK, so that does it. And then conceited. I'm going to argue that it's not conceited. I'm going to argue that the world is not used to hearing confident women. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to argue. Is this thing on? I'm going to argue that the world would prefer women do not talk about our, their accomplishments. The world would prefer women who don't have goals. The world would prefer women who weren't ambitious. The world, uh, the con- no. And so when I look, when I search my heart, I'm like, am I those things? If you knew me in real life, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't control your perception of me from whatever you've perceived on the internet. But if you knew me in real life, is there any danger that you would say either one of these things about me? No. Well, therefore, this has no weight on my life. You can cancel those things off. It is really interesting because I pay attention to, to the, um, if you said, the, if we both read the same paragraph, the praise that I might get and the criticism that you might get because of the confidence that was being represented Woo. of the work that we're doing. It's, uh, it's 2019. It's hard. It's hard for me. It, and that's a, the, that's one of the biggest things I actually forgot this week. We did an episode, which you can go back a few weeks and listen to this episode we did where we did a year in review of our 2018 and like what were our wins and what was our failures. And I think one of the things that was the biggest struggles for me this year is Having to work so hard myself to get to this place in business, and then there is a there is a disparity between how Dave is treated in this space and how I am treated, like how long it took me to break into this space and how quickly you were able to do it, and not just with my audience. When but you with say anybody. this space, like personal development, personal generally. development space, yeah. yep. And then it, it's exactly what he just said. If he read a paragraph I have written the love he will get the attention he will get the share like it's he gets more praise as a man sharing wisdom about business or life or development even if it's my words and that's that that's that sucks <laughs> it well, sucks it's by the way though it's you know generations of Oh, no, no. Muscle I get, memory. I, I get know, why it is. I think there's is. been conditioning in society. And so good news, like things like Girl Stop Apologizing, a huge step in helping address like, you know, some of what exists in the universe and well, hopefully what, doesn't exist as much after it's What's out. crazy, though, is that those comments and those negative opinions are from women. I, I, under, I knew They're what you were going to say. They're not men. Yeah. I, I never run into this issue with men. Men are like, oh, cool. You like built a business. High five. It's women. Well, who I'll tell you my it. my perspective, and I, I'm going to just say like my perspective here could be wrong, but my perspective on this is that the enlightened place that you've found yourself in, becoming comfortable to talk openly about your ambition, about your dreams, about the like idea that no one can tell you how big they can be, and that you're on this planet to change it, your willingness to have that certainty in your heart and the ability to put it on paper or say those things on stage um, is something that because other women aren't at that place yet, 
the only thing they know how to do is to tear it down because there's, I think, a little bit of insecurity and in not being yet in a place where they feel like they can fully own the power that they have inside them. Well, here's what I would say to those of you who are listening and you are either in your relationship or personally dealing with the weight of, of other people's negative opinions of you or this thing that you're creating. Would it be worth it to you if the thing that you're creating would be life-changing, life-changing to even one person, even if that one person was you? Would it be enough for you that the thing you are creating is life-changing? Would it be willing, would you be willing to take on negative opinions from a person or a handful of people or people you don't even know, strangers you don't even know on the internet who are hiding behind a screen, is that worth it if it meant that you could change one person's life or five people's lives or 10? Because that's what I have to remind myself is there will be people for as long as I do this work, which means as long as I'm here on earth, there will be people who are offended by me or my style or the way that I speak or my haircut, Dave's haircut or my hair extensions or all the things that they don't like about us. But then I believe in my heart that there are people who hang out with us on the morning show and are energized to start their day. I believe there are people who are using the journal or who are using the process of the journal to be more intentional with their year. I know there are couples whose relationships and marriages were changed by coming to our couples conference. Someone made a baby. Hello. Someone got to spend the last weekend that they had with their husband passed away unexpectedly the week after the conference. It was the last weekend they had together. I know that there are women, thousands of women whose lives have been changed at Rise Conference, and it will only continue to grow. And even just as simple as like things in social media, like just seeing a picture of Noah and having it make you smile, it's got the, the, the goodness that you are doing in this world is more powerful than one angry person being annoyed by you. And I will say, in the if a tree falls in the forest but nobody's there, does it make a sound kind of way? My mom, my mom called the other day. She said, um, "You guys didn't listen to Rush Limbaugh today, did you?" And I'm like, "Number one, never. No, I'm. We're just not. I'm not. I haven't. I didn't even know he was still working. I didn't I also either, like." When when do we have time to just hang out and listen to the radio or whatever he? But anyway, he apparently dedicated forty five minutes to deconstructing why girl wash your face. That's not true. Was not good. That's not true. Which um, wait so ro- wait 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 hold yeah, on. oh yeah Rush Limbaugh Rush Limbaugh did a forty five minute show about. Girl, wash your face. He needs to get a life. Well, but here's the thing. So my so my mother is like, you know, I think she listens to Rush regularly. Oh, yeah. And so she is calling to make sure that we're okay in the fallout after Rush Limbaugh has had this conversation about Girl, Wash Your Was Face. Was that the week we saw the big spike in book sales? So <laughs> the funny thing is, number one, my immediate response to my mother with every ounce of love and respect in the world was, I... Like, honestly, mom, I don't have the time 
to pay attention to what anybody says, good, frankly, either good or bad, yeah, good or bad, because um, we've just got too much good work to do. And if we stopped to read all the good stuff or all the bad stuff, we'd never actually get to anything. But also, he is entitled to his opinion. Sure. But if I don't listen to it, it doesn't, it doesn't exist to me. me. Yeah. And it doesn't affect me. And so, like, you know, haters are going to hate. I don't think that you say it. I don't think you say it that slowly normally. Haters going to hate. And for you, listener, you've got haters. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Yeah. We all do, right? That's just what life is. Now, your haters hate because of something usually that's inside of them that is having a hard time processing something that is different in you than, than them. Rush Limbaugh's problem with Go Wash Face, I can't even imagine what it is. Oh, no, no. But Rush Limbaugh would only do that because the book's successful and it's controversial to attack something that's successful. Fair enough. Like, he's trying to he's trying to drive some ratings. He, yeah. Regardless, he, I'm, this isn't a commentary on Rush Limbaugh. This is just like, hey. Oh, I'll commentary. No, I actually <laughs> don't know anything about it. I only know that when I was a little girl, my dad listened to him constantly. So yeah. I just know his name. Yeah. Um, he's for sure not my demographic for Girl Wash Your Face. So I think that's so funny. I know. It's been really funny. That's That's worth saying. The most successful thing I've ever done in my life has brought the most criticism rude hateful mean comments like whole articles written about it clearly there's a radio show (laughs) about it um beyonce has an incredible line in a song that is so inappropriate and the person's gonna be like you know if you're looking for something founded in christianity this is not for you i will not say the word but beyonce has this song that has a line that says you know you that blank when you cause all this conversation. Yeah. And I am like, there was a time in your life where having this, having a book that was this successful isn't, wasn't even a dream ever. Yeah. I never could have dreamed something this big. So you get to experience this once in a lifetime opportunity, truly. Um, I, I can't remember if we said this when we recorded the one the other day, but did we say it's the second biggest selling book of the year? I don't know that we did. Uh, so Girl, Wash Your Face, we found out, is the second biggest selling book of the year, only passed by Becoming by Michelle Obama, which is amazing. I am I told Dave, I'm like, what? tell me a time in history where the number one and number two selling books were memoir-style books written by women. This is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. But um, that's the trade-off. What, you think you only are going to get the good parts of life? You think you're only going to have the fun stuff? You think you're only going to get to make the list? You think you're only going to get to, like, you know, those of you who are listening, maybe you're engaged or maybe you're newly married. What, you just thought you only get to have the dress and the cake and you get to have the wedding, you get to have the party and the reception, but you don't have to do the work that comes with being a part of life? Also, by the way, I mean, you're in a relationship, if you've got a calling on your heart that you're stifling because of worrying about how it might inconvenience your partner, just wait till that solidifies into the bitterness and anger 10 years oh, from now so for not having chased it. Rachel Hollis has pursued all of the things that we now get to enjoy as the fruit of her hard work and labor. 
at the expense of my comfort when she was doing some things at the beginning of this journey that I did not necessarily love. She was getting up early. She was chasing things and doing personal development. And, and it was stuff that made me really uncomfortable. And she had to make a choice. Do I want to become who I was put on this earth to be? Do I want to become someone who can change the world for trying to do this huge calling? Or do I want to keep Dave happy? And That's a real, we should do this whole, com- we should be a podcast. But thank God though. I yeah. mean, honestly, so I just want to speak to any of you, whether it's the husband or wife or wife or wife or husband, husband or whatever it is, whoever you are in the relationship, if you know, this is, this could just be for one listener this week, but if you know that, man, there's a bigger thing that this planet, that this life that our God has in store for your life, but you're worried about being judged by your partner or you're being, you know, inconvenient to them is the thing that Ooh, keeps you good, from let's acting. Do a whole podcast on this. Get past that. Yeah. You, you have to get past you. I mean, do it respectfully. You don't have to punch them in the face with it. But man, like if you're worried about the, if your opinion, you know, con- consideration for them is keeping you from being you, you are going to resent them. Yeah. The, the, the last thing that I'll say on this topic, on other people's opinions is I have to assume that if you're listening to this, that you're a dreamer, that you're goal-oriented, that you're the kind of person I, – I don't think that people hang out with us online or listen to us on the podcast, either one, if they're not a little bit of that, like, I want something more for my life, I want to reach for a better version of me. What if I told you that you could snap your fingers, and by the way, this is, I'm not about to like sell you a pill or a class or something, uh-huh. just sit with me for a minute. What if I told you that you could snap your fingers and you would be 10 times more productive this year, 10 times more effective, 10 times more traction, 10 times further along towards your goal, 10 times all the things, your relationship would be better, your health, would, you would 10x who it is you wanna be. If you could snap your fingers and make that happen, if the minimum level of improvement you saw was 10 times where you are today, I assume that you would do it. I would do it. And the answer is truly stop caring about what other people think of you. It is that simple, actually. It really is. And if your question is like how, pay attention to what you think about. Pay attention to your thoughts. Notice where your thoughts go. Notice how often you're worried about Cousin Crystal. Notice how often you're thinking about your mother-in-law. Notice the situations in life that set you off. When you go on your Facebook feed or Instagram, does it make you feel anxious? Do you feel judged? Do you start... Stop going to those places. Or stop following the people that make you feel that way. Like you can go to the platform without consuming the negative stuff. I, like it's, it's, to me, it's such a simple thing, but um, it's, it's a harder thing to do in some, in some respects just because of conditioning. You just have always been the person that consumed this thing. Or like especially when it comes to like friends that you've had for years or family, especially extended family. It's hard to just decide after a lifetime of being 
the you know number two birth order person that all of a sudden you're going to behave in a way when you're around your siblings that deviates from how you always had to act when you were you know at home growing up but you either get to choose to force yourself out of the like routine that subconsciously is dictating your life or be unhappy yeah. you know be unsatisfied be underfulfilled be going through the motions be okay with being okay it would be the biggest most life changing thing that you could do for yourself this year would be to put all of your effort into not being wrapped up inside of what other people think of you and really focus on what you think of you. What does your heart tell you what is right? What does your relationship with your faith tell you is right? What does your relationship with your partner tell you is right? Those things. And let everything else fall away. I would at the same time. I was that an attempt to wrap I was, up? I keep oh. trying my hardest to wrap, and you keep going. And just one okay. more. Thing. But the, but the last thing, because I do want to balance. I do want to balance letting go of the opinions of other people with the intentional attempt to find people who have strengths in areas that you do not yet have mastered, and do spend the time to learn from, or do spend the time to model what's worked for them. Because, you know, it's not about wholesale disregard for every human and doing it your way and not having to worry about whether or not anyone else maybe could give you insight. It's really being conscientious of who is in your circle, who you surround yourself with. And if you have something that you need to grow in, finding someone who's further along their journey that can help pull you or direct your way. Is that better? I hope so. I can't and, wait to hear what I'm Pam, one, two, three, superstar on. No, I don't know what the person's name is. Um, it does feel like worth saying if you don't think this show is terrible, <laughs> feel free to leave a review. I want to. Here's the thing. I want to acknowledge the around five thousand people who have given this show a five star rating. Well, if you're not one of them, feel free to head on over to iTunes and give it a review. If you haven't given this show a review and you don't want to make it a long thing that Rachel has to read next episode no, that will hurt I will her never feelings. do it again. I will never do it again. It felt like a good thing. I mean, if you can't tell yet, everybody, all of our content just comes from our real life. Oh, for sure. And it comes in real time. So I read that thing and it did hurt my feelings. And I thought, gosh, I bet there are people listening right now who are dealing with something similar in their life, however other people's opinions manifest for them. And maybe it would be helpful if we talked about it. So I hope that it was. There are some people that are like, they've got a book on their heart, but they're not going to write it because they're worried about someone writing a review on Oof, Amazon. Gracious. If, if like you're worried about getting all five-star reviews, you'll never do anything. Absolutely. Let it go. Yeah. Write it. Yeah. And just know at the beginning, it's going to be terrible yeah. or kind of terrible. Or even if it's not terrible, there will be people who think it is. Hey, honey, I have a new book coming out. I've read it. It made me cry at the end. I was so proud of your work. Would you say that it's at least as good as Girl, Wash Your Face? I would not say that it's at least at least as good because I think it is better than Come Girl, on. Wash Your Face. I cried in part because I imagined Noah Hollis, our daughter, knowing one day that the woman who wrote that book and changed the way that she thinks about how a woman can or can't be in the world lives in our house and is her mother. Babe. It's real. 
So if you are curious what the book's all about, you can go on to basically anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart.com, and check out the description. But the intention here was this is for the dreamers. This is for the hustlers, for the goal setters, for anybody who wants to achieve something and is curious about the steps that you need to take and also how you can, as a woman, chase down a dream without shame. The good news, too, if you like the sweet, sweet voice of that Rachel Hollis, who was just speaking two seconds me, me, ago, me, me, me. she does the audio narration on Audible, and that's available for pre-order right this second.